Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. If scary movies give you dread, keep you up late night in bed, here's a podcast that will help raise your mind. We'll explain the plot real nicely, then we'll talk about what's frightening so you never have to have a spooky time. It's ruined. Hey guys, it's Hallie. And Allison. And welcome back to Ruin, the podcast where we ruin a horror movie for you. And uh, we're happy you're here. We're still here. Um, We're going to kick it off with another question, because you guys keep sending us amazing questions that we love to answer. And I truly love this one uh, from Alyssa on Instagram, uh, who said, I listen to you all when I'm exercising, which I think in general Mm -hmm. is a great, like, nothing would make me want to run faster than listening to the plots of some of these movies. That's a really good point. And thinking about running away. (laughs) I was thinking, like, if Peloton had actual shows, you could do, like, a horror, like, a horror TV series. Or, like, you keep ending up in, or, like, that mirror that you exercise in. Oh, yes. Black mirror situation. (laughs) Like, you you keep ending up in situations where you have to run for your life. That could be really fun. I mean, somebody's got to do it. Trademark. We're going to make that. Don't Yeah, we're going to make that. We're going to expand into, um, Exercise content. Yeah. Um, so you listen when you're exercising. Great. Uh, don't hold that against you. We won't. <laughs> we love it. Um, what would go on your dream charcuterie board oh. and which ruined baddie would assemble it? Which okay. I think is a fun, fun question. I mean, I, I feel like we've mentioned him recently, but to me, he's like, he's our most elegant villain. And I think that Candyman. Mm-hmm. Cause like he's gonna he's got the bees so it's mm-hmm. like I love like a like I love getting like a little bit of like yeah. honey or spicy Yum. honey on cheese and a cracker or a piece of bread or whatever so like that sounds good. I think that he'd be like good for that but also like you know the rich furs and the the elegant kind of nature of Candyman I feel like he would really know his way around yes. like the luxury meat and cheese section of a store so absolutely. I would say, yeah, I would. I want, like, some of the honey, some of the spicy honey, and then, mm-hmm. like, you know, all of the— I feel like he would pick out, like, really good, like, lush grapes. Ooh, yes. I like a lot of, I like a lot of grapes around. That sounds I mean, delicious. Meat and cheese. Hallie? My first thought is the family from Ready or Not, just because, again, like you said, they, you know, oh, they're yes. rich. Yes. Um, I feel like they know their cheeses. They know a charcuterie yes. board. They've been—that's how they grew up. That's how they live. Mm-hmm. And um, so I want them to provide it, but then I was trying to think. For some reason, the idea of Bagul from um, oh god, Sinister, Sinister? preparing it um, it seems fun to me because it's a ghoul. Yeah, and um, you know he has other priorities, but it's like you got to take a break from kidnapping children and transcending the bounds of reality. Yeah, to, um, have a hobby, and I think for him, if he had a hobby that was preparing charcuterie boards, I think it would really, um, yeah, maybe help help him take an edge off of of mm-hmm. his uh, life goals, which are of course kidnapping children and, and taking them to his uh, hell dimension or what have you. Yeah. yeah, but great question. I also Thank do you so think much. that uh, the leprechaun might be a fun. Oh yeah, like I bet he throws a mean party. Oh, but but once you get a couple of beers, he must be so annoying. Like we saw him oh. when he was stone cold sober. 
Yeah, Imagine no. him after a couple beers, you know No, what I mean? he's going to be a fucking nightmare. But right. I bet he would have a cool <laughs> spread. There'd be, like, weird— You'd have, like, lucky oh, yeah. charms on a, on a, on a board, so. Ooh, but a sharp Irish cheddar. Oh, a lot of delicious oh, meats. Oh, okay. Breads. Okay. Yes, uh, the, I bread. think the Irish, I think I would love to have that as a charcuterie Low key, a great charcuterie uh, country. He definitely um, would be the friend that you're like, I can't stand him, but he does throw great parties, so we're yeah. going to go for a little while. Yeah, it's like that cokehead that everybody knows when they're 26, and you're like, like we well, got to go to his loft, but I don't want to yeah. talk to him. Like, he is going to get us into this party, so. Yes, so we got to go. Um, and then one of us ends up having to fuck the leprechaun. I'm yeah. sorry. Ugh. Well, if we're if we're tracking this, this is what happens. Yes, that's what happens. Yeah, that's what happens in reality if he's uh, the the party goer that we assume that he is, and we know that he is. What his, happened to you soul. last night? Did you sleep with the leprechaun? I don't know. He left his shoes outside of my apartment. Oh. Well, there you go. I'll have to come back for them. <laughs> Love that question. Yes, thank you so much. Thank you so um, much, uh, Alyssa. And you can you can. Instagram DM us questions uh, at Ruin Podcast, and you can also email them at ruined at theradiopoint.com. We are continuing this month's theme, which is back to school. Back to ghoul. Back to ghoul. Um, hope you get your ghoul books and ride the ghoul bus oh, to ghoul. Lord. Mm, I won't There's... be able to stop all month. There's no ghouls in this week's uh, movie. And in case you've seen this and you're wondering, how is this a back to school? movie. Well, I'll tell you, there's a lot of conversation about writing your thesis. Oh, perfect. And um, the movie, of course, we're doing is uh, Midsummer or Midsummer, depending on who you ask, mm-hmm. by Ari Aster of Hereditary fame. And I always like to have Allison watch the trailer and get her first thoughts. Allison, what did you think of the trailer? I didn't like it. <laughs> mm-hmm. That sounds right. I found right. it very... I think I had watched it when it first, like, hit the internet, like, before yes. it came out. And I remember, like, seeing it and being, like, I think I even, like, messaged you and was, like, I'm going to need you to see this for me. <laughs> Absolutely. I remember seeing the trailer and being, like, okay, well, this is Buck Wild. Yes. But, like, it's so, like, it's just unsettling from start to finish without any idea of why. And when those old people hit the screen... Yeah. Because at first it seems like it's like, oh, it's young people in, like, a Scandinavian country. And, yeah, it's light out at night and things are upsetting. And there's clearly some, you know, like, hereditary, some some trauma, inherited right. trauma that we're going to dig into. But, like, it all seemed to kind of make sense. And then, like, those old people dressed in all white all of a sudden are like, you can't leave. And I'm like, I don't like it. Yes. <laughs> I didn't like it at all. <gasps> And um, just to define it up top, that Midsummer is actually a thing. So the movie is set in Sweden. And it's a period of time around the summer solstice. And at least in Europe, depending on where you're at, like people will go camping, people will like take hallucinogens, people will like go to concerts. And like, it's just sort of like a <sighs> free-for-all type of thing. Yeah. I feel like as Americans, we would not be able to handle it. You know what I mean? Like no. there, this, it would end up like a Woodstock '99 every every summer oh God. If, if we were the people trying to do something like this. Yeah. Um, so it's sort of based on that. And then I have notoriously on this podcast said that I don't really care for this movie. So I'm okay. just going to say up top that um, I it's fine. I like it fine. Okay. But I will say I, I read more about it, and this is not an R.E.S. or original. This was sort of um, brought to him, and then he developed it with a Swedish company. And I okay. And interestingly, that uh, or I thought it was interesting. Um, basically, uh, they came to him like, "Oh, you know, you have it set during Midsummer." Was the idea, and he sort of developed it from there. 
in Sweden, this is seen less as like a straight up horror movie and more of like a dark comedy. So I think it's playing with a lot of ideas about mm-hmm. Swedish culture, like our, our ideas about what Sweden is. And I think then if you, I give it more credit, then it's like, okay, well, maybe this isn't necessarily for me as much. You know what I mean? Like if you're making a parody about America, I'd be able to understand all of it, you know? But for me watching right. this, I'm like, I don't know enough about Sweden to like get, yeah. you know, I, I have I'm to not do more in research. On, I'm not in on the joke about what happens in Sweden and like the, yes. the cultural kind of underpinnings of that society, so. Yes. Which again, is not to say I didn't like it. I'm just saying I, I Hereditary is one of Missile. my favorite yeah, yeah. movies of all time. So I wanted to uh, just say that up top before we get it into it. It seems like no matter what this movie was, to f- there would be no follow-up to Hereditary. Like, it just seems yeah. like right. across it's not the board. Fair. Nothing yeah. is going to really ever compare, and nothing is going to top it. So yeah. that's the problem of having your your first big movie be that good. Exactly. I'm excited for his third movie. It's going to come out. Yeah. Um, uh, we also take, take a baseline scary. Allison, how scary do you find the concept of cultural tradition? Very. It feels mm-hmm. similar to religion, which I find terrifying. Um, yes. Any, like, any, like, forced activities or, like, agreed upon, like, and then we all did, like, anything beyond, right. like, a social contract that protects everybody. But, like, like oh, we all did. Like, I don't like, yeah. you know, I don't like parades. I don't like <laughs> kind of large gatherings mm-hmm. of, like, oh, and we all do that. Like, the, yeah. I mean, these are obviously not the same, but, like, Santa Con or like right, Halloween. I don't care for that at all. Like, I don't, I don't like, approve of the culture of Santa Con. No, no, I, no, nor should you. Um, but like any of that kind of like everybody, like even like New Year's Eve to an extent, I like don't right. like the like forced, like this is what we do at this time and everybody does right. it and like you build it up to be a thing and it's of course never gonna, you know, live up to being that thing and, and could go really south. So I don't like it. Yeah, and it's it's you know this the fear, especially as Americans, I feel like there's a lot of fear of like compulsory cultural involvement. Mm-hmm. Of course, unfortunately, mm-hmm. at least here, it causes people to go completely insane, and go the other way, and be like, I don't yeah. believe in science. It's like, okay, right. well, you didn't it's have like, to go oh, that far Jesus to the other side. Christ. But um, but yeah, there's definitely something about it that is very spooky. And before we get in, Allison, would you like to guess the twist? Guess the twist. I don't want to say that it's all in the lead character's mind, but there's something about okay. the way that the trailer is structured that, like, what she's seeing and experiencing is not what's actually happening. Okay, that's really fun. All right, I like that. All right, so let us begin by ruining Midsummer. We begin in a beautiful, on a beautiful Swedish-looking tapestry of what you realize later are the events of the movie. And I'm not going to be describing it to you because I don't want you okay. to know what's going to happen. Okay, great. But I don't know whether that means, oh, the events of the movie were foretold, or this is like the cultural understanding and record of the events we're about what to happened. see. What happened, okay. So now they're part of this Swedish cultural landscape. Mm-hmm. But I, it's a nice touch. So we zoom in on a completely dark, snow-covered house in a suburban area, and the phone is just ringing and ringing, ringing. It's the middle of the night. We hear the answering machine pick up, and it's Danny, our protagonist, Florence Pugh. She's leaving a message being like— Is this current day? Is this set? Yes. Okay. Yeah, set in current day. She's calling, and she's like, hey, I haven't been able to get in touch with you. I got an upsetting email from my sister who lives with her parents. Please, one of you call me back. Like, I'm starting to really freak out. And obviously, they don't say exactly where we're at, but, like, she's clearly out of state at school. So Mm -hmm. it's not like she could, like, easily, you know, check in on them. Right. Um— 
And she got this really concerning email, and we see the email, um, which says, and it is concerning, it says, I can't anymore, everything is black, mom and dad are coming to, goodbye. Now, I think at this point, you got to just call the cops. If you get an email like this, you know. However, you can't just call home and be like, someone answer. Yeah. However, this has happened so many times. And also, we're about to meet Christian, Danny's boyfriend, who has downplayed this so many times that I think Danny, her, she mistrusts her instincts immediately. Mm -hmm. So she calls her boyfriend, who's out on the town with the boys. And he's like, she's like, I'm really worried about this email. He's like, how many times has your sister done this? She's, it's a cry for attention. And Danny says, well, she's bipolar. You know, like, it, it is concerning. Yes, it's a cry for attention. But also, I'd like to give the attention to this, you know? Uh, like, yeah. who knows? And Christian basically is just sort of like, you always do this. You always freak out. Like, it's not a big deal. He's incredibly mean to her from the jump. And he's, she says, would you mind coming over later? And he says, did we make plans for later? And it's like... But, bitch, don't call me anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, if something has happened to my family and you're like, oh, do we make plans? It's like, no, I'm calling no. you because some, something is wrong, you know? Yeah. And he basically calms her down, you know, and you have to get her off the phone. Obviously, she's still ex- extremely upset. And then we see Danny on the phone with a female friend being like, I know I'm driving him away, all my family stuff. He seems so checked out. I know he's just waiting to break up with me. And the friend's like, you've done nothing wrong. You have family, like everyone has family stuff. Like your partner's supposed to support you. And Danny's like, no, I'm, it's too much. It's, you know, so she's already like taking on this. She's blaming herself for all of this. Okay. Even though we now see, we check in with Christian and he's sitting um, with his boys, Josh, Mark, and Pele. And Christian is like, oh my God. Like he basically, he's been trying to break up with Danny for a year, but he feels okay. like he cannot break up with her because of her because ongoing family stuff with family. her sister. Okay. However, his friends are like, you just fucking break up with her. You know I mean? Like, will you want right. to talk about this forever? You know, like, this is better. There's a year. never going to be a right time with, like, ongoing exactly. stuff. So it's better to just get out. Yeah. But also then, like, that implies that, like, so they've been going out, as you later find out, like, um, four years. So for the past year, he's been wanting to break up with her. If we've been dating four years and you say to me, did we make plans? I will break up with you around this spot. I'll break up with you. I shouldn't have to make plans. You could just say, oh, sorry, I'll see you tomorrow. I'll call you when I get home or whatever. Right. Would you be make plans? A bitch. Yeah, we're not still about? like, Friday we go out here. I'll call you to see like what you want to do, what movie yes. you want to see. Like that's not how it's going to be if we're four years into a relationship. And obviously this is a huge red flag that anyone in a normal circumstance would be able to see. But Danny, because she's so vulnerable and so distraught and like, you know, her family stuff is just so overwhelming that she just cannot handle the idea, I think, of breaking up with them. Mm-hmm. She's just, just like, she needs some support because her family cannot offer her that, that to her. And Josh says, you know, do you think, like, you're focusing on your relationship and, like, all this turmoil around it because you don't want to actually focus on your studies because you haven't picked a thesis yet? And apparently they all of these guys mm-hmm. work in the anthro department of Perfect. this school. And uh, Christian's like, what are you talking about? Like, that's not it. But obviously he's... I don't know how old these guys are supposed to be. They all like 35 to me. So right. he's clearly yeah, everyone deep seemed way into too it. old for college in that trailer. Well, I think we're supposed to be like, oh, they're getting their doctorate. So like okay. they're older, but still, like you gotta have something picked out, is my understanding. If like to arrive at this point money. and have no idea what your thesis is going to be seems a little like Christian, yeah. you know, that's, he's, that's he's a mess. loss. And a waitress comes to pick up their tab, and Mark says, you know, you could be getting that girl pregnant right now. And Pele says, and don't forget about all the hot Swedish women we're going to meet when you guys come with me on that trip we planned. So we know they are headed to Sweden with Pele, who's Swedish, to visit his hometown. Just then, 
Christian's phone blows up again, and it's Danny. They're like, oh, my God. Like, Mark's like, this is abuse. Like, her calling this much is abuse. And Christian's like, no, I'll just answer it. He answers it, and we just hear Danny screaming. Hey. Danny. Babe. It's horrible. And then we see what has caused her to cry. We see firefighters arriving at her parents' house. And they go in through the garage, and we see both cars are running with the garage door closed. Oh. And there are two hoses that are connected to the exhaust pipes. Right. And they follow the hoses into the house. And one of the hose goes into the under, house. Into the house. One of the hose goes under the parents' door. And then it's duct taped together. So what we are to understand is that the parents went to sleep, and then the sister put the hose underneath the door and oh, duct taped it. So did. they died in their sleep. So from carbon dioxide oh poisoning. Oh Unfortunately, God. we then follow the other hose where we find no. it is attached to um, Danny's sister and it is duct taped to her mouth. But oh she has God. like vomited out of her nose around it. So she's covered in vomit. This hose is duct taped to her mouth. And one of her eyes is like full of blood. And then on behind her, we see her laptop and all of Danny's emails that have gone unres- unresponded to. Mm-hmm. And so Christian goes over to Dan, and even from the street, he's, like, walking up to her house, and it's snowing, and he could hear her screaming from inside the apartment, because obviously she's devastated. That's, I mean, truly horrific. Yeah. Truly horrific. And he's holding her all night, and she's screaming as the snow comes down. And obviously, you know, he's thinking, well, I can't break up with her now. Yeah, and this is at least another six months. So six months later, it's summertime. (laughs) It's sunny out, and Danny is still, like, she's in bed all day. Obviously, like, she's incredibly, you know, she's practically catatonic. How do you ever come back from that? And so Christian says, hey, I'm just going to go to this party for, like, 45 minutes. I'll come back. And she's like, no, no, I want to go. Christian obviously doesn't want her to come, but she insists on going. Then at the party, she finds out that Christian is planning to go to um, Helsingland, Sweden, with Josh, Mark, and Pele. Pele's there, and he says... There's, like, a nine-day festival for midsummer. There's, like, pageantry, and, like, we play these games, like, Skin the Fool, and we have, like, um, costumes, and it's, like, incredible. And also, we take hallucinogens and, like, just, like, party. However, Christian has not told Danny this. So, Danny is pissed when they get home, and is like, right. okay, so were you going to tell me you were going? He's going in two weeks. Hey. And he goes, I was, tell-, and he literally, he's just completely like, I, I hate to use the word gaslighting because people use it so much, but he gaslights her. And but he's gaslighting her. Yeah. He's like, I told you I wanted to go and I just decided today I wanted to go. And she goes, but you already have a ticket, right? And he goes, oh, well, yeah, like obviously. She needs to dump his ass. So Christian's like, I'm sorry, like it's not a big deal. Maybe I should go home if you're going to attack me like this. And Danny immediately okay. backs off because again, she's afraid of being alone. She, she needs mm-hmm. somebody. And right. Christian, you know, he sucks. And he's trying to, he seems like he's trying to force her to break up with him. He should know that's not going to happen, especially now. No, she's not going to do that. Yeah. You have to do it. And so he's backs off. He's like, okay, he's like, that's great. You're going, is he, are you going to use it for your thesis? And he goes, I don't know what my thesis is, you know, and acts like all weird about it. And the next day, he, at the, uh, the, all the guys live together. They're like studying and they're planning their mm-hmm. trip or whatever. And Danny stops by. And when Christian buzzes her up, he turns to the other guys and says, just so you know, I invited Danny to Sweden, not to make it weird, but also I'm sure she won't come, but also pretend that you know that I invited her and you all know she's coming. And also she did accept. And the other guys are like, what's going what? on? And so Danny comes in and is like, hey guys, sorry, I guess I'm coming to Sweden, you know. And Mark, who's a jerk, is like, Christian, can I uh, speak to you in the other room about uh, the paragraph that I'm working on? And 
uh, Josh is also kind of shut down and like he tolerates Danny, but he's not nice to her. But mm-hmm. Pele is like extremely warm and like talks to her. And we find out that yeah. Danny is studying psychology and the guys were in the answer department. And he's like, how's that going? And I do think it's interesting in both Hereditary and Midsummer. One of the main characters is study psychology or in Hereditary is a psychologist. Yeah. But is not able to look at their own, themselves or their family situation in a right. way that, which, I mean, that's true a lot of things, you know. It's yeah, like, I if you're a doctor, that. you can't necessarily treat yourself, you know. Right. But uh, I thought that was like, boy, girl, if you were a little more aware of this, you would not, this, you none would, of this would have happened. Yeah, you could have avoided a lot more trauma, probably. Yeah. So Pele shows her photos on his phone. And he, the village is basically a commune, which I think is like a, a kibbutz. So sort of like, mm-hmm. you know, all the kids are raised communally. Like, they all farm and, like, work together and— sort of, like, live in these, like, big sort of, like, dorm barns uh, all together. And he shows these photos, and these photos from the last festival where, like, everyone has these beautiful, ornate headdresses. So I guess they have this festival every year, but only every 90 years it's, like, the special one. So it's, like, the 90-year festival, you know, it's, like, this incredibly important okay. time um, for the festival. It's going to be, like, even more impressive. And she's like, well, that does sound kind of cool. So she's, like, getting excited or whatever. And then Pele tells her, like, I'm really sorry about your family. And this is the first time any of them have, have like, acknowledged it to her, you know? Okay. And he, he tells her, like, I've lost my parents as a child. And Danny just breaks down and goes into the bathroom. But when she goes into the bathroom to sob, she's now in the airplane bathroom on her way to Sweden with the guys. Okay. Still choking down sobs. It's at least, like, six months later. She shouldn't be traveling. She sh- no. I, I just feel like taking a trip with also, like, a bunch of people who don't really want you there. An international trip to, like, a thing. Like, that's not... We're like, you're going to be taking hallucinogens and, like, being with a bunch of strangers. Like, yeah, I, I would, just, that is not, no. That is, yeah. it is too, too soon, as they would say. So they land and they take, and the Helsing land is a four-hour drive from Stockholm. So they drive up there and they get to a big Ugh. open field where all the other people who have, like, are they're out, you know, like, studying college, they've come back and they've brought, like, their friends with them. And Pele is greeted by his brother Ingmar, who brought his friends from school in Britain, Simone and Connie. And they're all hanging out, and it's, like, sunny and gorgeous, and they decided to take magic mushrooms. And Danny's like, I just don't know. I need to get my bearings. Like, we just got yeah. here. Like, I need a minute, you know. And, of course, all the guys basically are like, well, if we take them, like, at different times, like, the trip will be different, and then, like, we'll have to deal with you. You know, like, immediately guilt turn. She's like, it's fine. I'll, I'll drink the mushroom tea. And they trip for hours, like, in the middle of the day. And no. at a certain point, it's brilliant sun. And uh, Mark says, you know, what time is it? And it's 9 p.m. and the sky looks like yeah. it's noon. So upsetting. And Pelly says, it's normal. It's the midnight sun. And Mark's like, I don't know if I can handle this. And, you know, he's sort of guiding them through this trip. Like, can you feel that the energy is coming out of the earth? And, like, the, she looks down, there's grass sprouting out of her hand. And she's hallucinating, but she also, like, sees the tree breathing. And it's actually, like, very peaceful. Okay. Unfortunately, Mark then just says, you guys are like my family. And the mention of family, she just panics. Instant trigger for her, I'm sure. Yeah. Gets up and she runs off to the outhouse. And she gets in there and it's dark inside. She has to like light a candle. And she sees her sister with the carbon monoxide hose in her mouth in the mirror behind her. And she whips around, but of course it's just a hallucination. And she runs into the forest and falls asleep. And she has a dream of her sister sitting on the couch next to her parents, dead. And we, when Danny wakes up, she finds out she's been out for hours. They all slept, like, on bedrolls in the field. Like, they all came and got her. And now they have to keep walking to Pele's village with all the other, like, returning villagers and their guests. So there's still, mm-hmm. like, hours of walking in front of them. 
And they arrive in the village finally, and it's, like, this very beautiful, like, sun-shaped, like, wooden archway that they walk in. Mm -hmm. And all of the villagers wear, like, these white tunics. Yes. And uh, Pele starts introducing the round. Mark says, oh, so we're stopping in Waco before going to Pele's village, which I I did think was kind of funny. That's funny. And also, like, I mean, as soon as you said, like, they're all in white tunics, I was like, this feels like a cult. Yes, absolutely. It's immediately obvious it's a cult. And uh, they're all given, like, berries on a straw, and they meet Father Odd, who's, like, one of the elders. Mm-hmm. And he says, you know, the white frocks are a tribute to um, nature's hermaphrodism. So, uh, you know, the men and the women both wear, like, a long frock to celebrate, right. you know, like, the ma- masculine, feminine, male, female nature yeah. of, of um, the cycle of nature. And they're like, okay, sure. And there's, like, a band playing and a lot of weird uh, Swedish singing. And there's, like, a big structure covered in flowers that's, like, Looks like a cross. You probably, I think you saw the trailer. A cross yeah, yeah, yeah. with two circles underneath the arms of it and like little sort of garlands running from the arms up to the top. And that's sort mm-hmm. of the central point. And then there's like a big dorm barn that they all sleep in and then like yes. a meeting house and like a cooking house and all sorts of like little interestingly made uh, buildings. And Sib, this town elder woman, welcomes everyone. And gives everyone, like, a drink, and they all toast. So, like, it's been 90 years since the last, like, special midsummer. And uh, they she brings out two elderly villagers and gives them a torch. And they're sort of celebrating these two elderly villagers. But none of the Americans can speak Swedish, so they don't really know what's going on. Right. And we see Siv scream to the, this man, this woman, these elderly people, spirits back to the dead. We also see some other stuff, like a severely disabled villager painting— no. And a young woman with red hair, we later find out her name was, I think it's um, Mara, getting dressed for the festivities. And she immediately has eyes for Josh. Like, as soon as she sees Josh, yeah. she's like, okay, I'm going to I'm gonna figure this out. Yeah. So all the villagers are dancing and sort of, you know, frolicking, and the Americans just immediately sit down and keep drinking, as yeah. we are wont to do. I mean, that sounds like the most realistic depiction of what would happen. <laughs> yeah. And we find out that uh, Christian has forgot Danny's birthday, which is today. And uh, not only that, he sort of like the redheaded woman we've just seen kind of kicks him flirtatiously as she dances by. And so he gets gets up and he joins the dance with her. So okay. already, you know, no. he's no. sort of like, I'm, I'm interested in this redheaded woman that I haven't even met because I don't know her name and I haven't spoken to her yet. Right. And uh, Connie asks Christian and Danny about their relationship. And Christian's like, oh, yeah, we've been together like three and a half years. And Danny's like, it's been over four years. You don't even know the basics about our relationship. Right. And um, we see in the distance there is a sacred yellow temple that looks like a triangle that no one is allowed into. There is also a bear in a cage, a live bear. Nope, that I don't like that. It's um, it obviously will come back into play later, of course. And a tapestry about how to make a man fall in love with you, which Christian should have read because let me tell you, somebody is going to be using the spell on him. Yes. So you put flowers under your pillow. You put like a rune under their bed. Then you clip your pubes and put them in his food. His food? Along with your menstrual blood. (gasps) And then the last thing is like, dot, 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 question mark, question mark, question mark, pregnant and in love and marrying this man. I mean... So, okay, menstrual blood's bad enough, but pubes, they're going to notice, right? Like, menstrual blood, okay, you cook it in something, maybe they won't taste it, but you can't just put pubes in someone's food. I think that both are super noticeable. (laughs) Yes, that's fair. And and we, and we as the viewer notice when they come into play. Oh, no. But yeah, you would notice. Yeah. 
both of those things. So like, are you, it is, are you supposed to be able to trick them or are you like force feeding them? Unclear. But Ugh. I don't yeah, like it. It's going to be obvious when it actually happens. So they, they yes. put them in this big dorm barn area where like all of the young people sleep. I think it's like anyone younger than 36. And we find out that they view life in terms of like 18 year segments. So like birth to 18 year mm. child, 18 to 36, you're like a worker and you start having your family. 36 to 54, you're a laborer. 54 to 72, or what is it? Yeah, you are mm. like a mentor, like a town elder. And Danny says, well, what happens when you're 72? And Pele jokingly makes like a slash across his throat, like, oh, you die motion. Mm-mm. Yeah, which is funny because it turns out it's it's not a joke. Um, oh. There was a funny moment where somebody comes to like get them and was like, oh, we're watching a movie tonight. If you want to come join us, it's Austin Powers, which is like a fun <sighs> reminder that even though it looks like it's the 1800s, like it's modern day and they're just like yeah. putting out a movie for like the kids to watch or whatever. <gasps> and Mark is immediately interested in this woman who comes to announce a, same, a woman named Inga. And he's like, oh, I want to give her a bath. Like Mark sucks. Mark, Mark is like <laughs> the most like objectifying person in the movie. Meanwhile, give her Danny, a bath. Danny sees like a wall of like May Queens. So like all of these different May Queens. And I'm going to say it. That's from Wicker Man. That, they, yeah. I think that's part of the thing about my, this movie. It's like a lot of these yeah. scenes, like, that's from Wicker Man, baby. It feels the like Wicker, Wicker Man. Man watching the trailer. Yeah. Like. And again, not that I, you know, I don't think you, like, ripped it off or anything. And I think May Queens are a real thing. But a part of you is right. like, well, I we kind of have seen this play it. out. Yeah. Um, luckily, Pele t- tells Christian, hey, you forgot Danny's birthday. So he gets her, like, a slice of bunt cake and... He tries to apologize, but of course she's sort of like over, like, it's fine, don't worry about it. Like, it's, you know, whatever. Pelly tells them tomorrow is the Etsepa. Etsepa. And Josh knows what that is. Who's Josh is also like completely nutting as an anthropologist, like about right. this, like oh my god, so like stuff. I'm gonna cover this in my thesis, blah blah. Because he's doing like midsummer in all these different countries, and he's like, this is like, there's nothing like this. Well, actually, right. no. He says like, I see the similarities, but this is so much more, you know. And um, he refused to tell Christian what it is because they're like rivals, sort of. And Christian tries to look it up, but of course they have no signal and there's no Wi-Fi. Of course. I mean, I would imagine, of course, there is no, there are no phones to be used. And um, so they end up, uh, they go to sleep, and that night Danny is waken up by the baby, and she sees an illustration on the wall, and it's like someone happily cutting open their arm. No, which is you hate to see it. Again, a lot like of things that. here were like you're like you would leave. You would leave, you would get out of there. You would there just are a few things as disturbing as like the imagery or actual like experience of seeing somebody harming themselves or someone else while happy. Yes. It, like it that's just one of the most right. disturbing like combos in yes. cinematic or literary history. Agreed. In the morning, everyone goes to breakfast and we see the two older people from the day before, a man and a woman. They're sort of wearing different, like, blue sort of tunics. And they take their place at the head of the table. And, oh, the, the tables. This The table budget in this movie alone. Tables I mean. upon tables, different configurations. It reminds me of, did you watch um, I Think You Should Leave? Yes. Tables. Tables, yeah. Uh, Patty Harrison's uh, character. <gasps> so, her so, job so, is so, tables. So, so Somebody's funny. job on this movie was tables. Was so that's tables. how many tables there were. Yeah. And now I'm was somebody getting the character. tables dirty? <laughs> Uh, a lot of stuff was happening on those tables. A lot of okay. a lot of changing, a lot of like different like place settings. Mm-hmm. Um, so the people are there, and everyone's sort of solemnly like having this last breakfast with them. And they get up and they both start singing this sort of like toneless, like chanting Swedish, mm-hmm. you know, sort of ritualistic yeah. stuff. And then they all pack up and they head to the cliffs. Which brings me to the question, Allison: What is 
Atisepa. Atisepa? Atisepa. Atisepa. I'll say that. What do you think it is? I mean, I got to believe that it's killing 72-year-olds by pushing them off a cliff, just based on the information I have. Well, according to Wikipedia... The name supposedly denotes sites where ritual genocide, uh, which of course is the killing of elderly people, took place during Nordic prehistoric times, whereby elderly people threw themselves or were thrown to their deaths. According to legend, this was done when old people were unable to support themselves or to assist in a household. Ugh. Interestingly speaking, because again, not to go immediately compare this back to Wicker Man, except I will because it's very right. com- comparable. It's hard not to. Much like the Wicker Man in Wicker Man, People sort of took this as, like, this is real. And then it wasn't really until later people were like, this probably wasn't real. Like, it was, yeah. like, described in literary, literature, but it's, like, saying, like, Myth- oh, it's I mythology. read a, Yeah, like, as if, like, you, it, it, we read things from the past as if they're all, as if they didn't, fiction didn't exist. Right. Or, like, fairy tales or something. So right. I think that they're everything saying, was just a documented, like, yes. transcription of life. And that's not true. <laughs> Yeah, so I guess Swedish linguist uh, Adolf Noren started questioning the myth at the end of the 19th century, and it's now generally accepted among researchers researcher that the practice of suicide precipices, it didn't exist. Like, okay. it was in, like, sagas and poems, but it was more like, you know what I mean? It was a metaphor. Yeah. Much like the Wicker Man. Mm. Unfortunately, in the movie, that is not the case. They head to the cliffs, and none of the foreigners know what's going on. All the villagers know what they're going for, but none of the Americans or the British people do that are there. Okay. So they show up, and the two elderly people are carried on chairs to the top, and Josh sees Siv holding up their holy book, which is called the Ruby Rar, and he asks, can he read it? And Pelly's like, it's in, it's like literally like an, el- an eldritch, like runic language. Yeah. There, you couldn't read, read it. it. No, it's like an elder, the name of the rune alphabet is called the Elder Futhark. And he's like, you can't sure. read it, you know? So the elderly woman gets to the top of the cliff first. She has her palms cut open. She smears them on a runestone. She walks to the end of the cliff, Allison, and she jumps. And you see her body slamming into the rocks below, and then you cut to her body bouncing off the rock, and her face is just a smashed, bloody hole. Ugh. And Allison, my question to you now is, what would you do? What would you do? I would book a flight home. Yeah. I'm out of there. I'm out. I would I'm run. Leaving. I would just be like, I, I'd not, just I mean, start running. Yeah, because may, may be able to catch me, but at least I get a little bit of distance between me and the village before they realize what's going on. Yeah, I I am out of there so fast, and I'm leaving everybody behind me. Like I'm yes. not like okay, guys, let's get like they're all like I'm like I am gone. Yeah. Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May twelfth. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. Whether you're making the same breakfast that you have every day or baking a cake for an extra special day, eggs are a staple in our diets. Eggland's best eggs are nutritionally superior to ordinary eggs, containing more vitamins and 25% less saturated fat. Not only are they better for you, but Eggland's best eggs taste better too. There's a reason that they're America's number one eggs. Visit egglandsbest.com for additional information and delicious recipes. So 
obviously nobody should be seeing this, but especially not Danny. And as soon Danny like enters sort of like a fugue state, like she's disgusted and horrified. And all the vill- villagers are like this completely normal, whatever. Simon and Connie, however, the British people are like screaming, obviously, okay. like, See, what is going on? That's a good indication that this is not okay. Yes. Unfortunately, the old elderly man is still out there, and then he jumps. Of course. And unfortunately, Allison, when he jumps, and Simon and Connie are screaming at him to stop, he survives the fall. No. His legs are shattered, and it's awful, and he starts moaning and screaming. So everyone in the village starts moaning and screaming along with him. <gasps> and just when you're like, well, maybe they could get that guy some help, a man steps forward with a large wooden mallet and crushes the elderly man's skull. And then he gives it to a younger woman who also smashes the skull, and then a young man. And they just all, like, hit it once and then hand down the hammer. And no. an interesting choice, and I do think it's very spooky, is, like, throughout this whole sequence, the volume keeps getting d- turned down more and more to Ooh, when they are doing this, it's dead silent. And I was like, that's a very interesting choice that is very affecting. Because I think mm-hmm. we're supposed to be seeing it through, like, Danny's point of view. Where she's, At like, no point, longer sensory. It's yes. just, like, Yeah. You're so overwhelmed. Simon and Connie are like, fuck this. We just saw you murder an old man. We're out. And Sivra is over and she's trying to explain like, those two hujans has just reached the end of their Horga life cycle. And you need to understand it as a great joy for them. A joy? Yes. And when it's my turn, it would be a great joy for me. Here's the problem with this. If you have a cultural tradition where you will not be honest and tell other people about it, that, to me, is an indication that you know it's, it's not bad. good. Yeah, right. And there's plenty of this throughout all of time. It's like, if you are doing stuff, that if you were to tell other people about it, they would be rightfully horrified. Right. They would try and you stop know. you. Yeah. Because yeah. otherwise, you would have just told them, oh, we're going to right. go do this. And yeah, this it's is not what we do. Deal. And the fact that you would hide it from them to essentially entice them to stay longer, or alternately, just don't invite them. Be like, hey, this we're doing something this morning. It's just for us. It's not for the foreigners. You guys stay here and have breakfast. We'll be back right. in an hour. You, then they never have to see it. The fact that you invited them, it's like, this is this this is a bad, this is a bad red this flag. This is bad. This is bad. Because now it's like they're showing them this to normalize what's going to happen to them later, basically. Yes. So Danny is obviously really distraught. She goes off to like scream next to the sacred temple. Yep. Back at the dorm, Christian finds Josh, who's like frankly taking notes like, oh my God, this is gold. And J- Christian tells him- Gold? Well, like, for his anthropology thesis, like, oh, my God, like, they still do this thing that, like, people thought was a myth, but it's actually real. Like, you know, no. it is, like, this huge find. And also, sure. like, again, anthropologists historically, I feel like there's a lot of, like, moments of, like, one, this is ghoulish. And two, yeah. you're excited. You're excited that something horrible is happening in a community. Right. Like, like, you're so excited about what this does for you yes. as a researcher and scholar that, like, you're not paying attention to the fact that, like, this is horrific and yes. inhumane and should be stopped. Exactly. Um, and so uh, Josh comes in, he's like, actually, I'm going to do my thesis on the Harga people. And Josh is like, you know that I'm doing my thesis on Midsummer Because she's like, well, that's, like, two different things. And also, like, you didn't even know you wanted to do the Harga until today. And it's like, Josh, unlike Danny, Josh doesn't need to deal with Christian's bullshit. So he's like, fuck you. Like, yeah. you are a scab. You're, like, you have no original thoughts. Like, you're you're just going to try to steal my idea. And Christian's like, yeah, like, if you want to collaborate, let me know, but I'm going to write about it. Aye. And it's like, I don't know what the laws are around that. Like, obviously, Josh claimed it sort of beforehand, but, like, did he? So, right. and, so now the movie is partly about them both wanting to stay to write their thesis. Oh, God. Which, to me, is not enough of a reason to stay. But. So, um... 
Josh, uh, he wants to talk to Pelly about writing with the Hargan pill. Uh, he initially tells him, like, no, the elders will not allow it. You know, like, you'd have to anonymize everybody. And also, Christian already asked me this, so can't do yeah. it. And Josh pleads with him, like, please just ask the elders. I really want to write about this. And he's like, okay, I'll ask. But, like, I, they're not going to like the idea. I'm going to tell you right now. Yeah, They're not going to let this stuff get out. They didn't even want to mention it to the people who were participating. Exactly. You think like, they're going to have this like, published. As, like, outside participants. Like, of course, they're not going to be like, also, write about it. Publish it. Yeah. And so Pelly finds Danny, who is pa- frantically packing to leave, and tries to come here. It's like, I know how you're feeling. My parents died in a fire. Danny's like, I am not upset about my parents for once. No. It was that guy who fucking got got jumping off the cliff, like Mr. Mashed Potato Head or whatever. Like, I, this is not about my parents. He's like, you know, I feel like when my parents die, like the Harger were there to embrace me. And I always really felt held by a family. And he says to Chris, to uh, Danny, do you feel held by Christian? Does he feel like home to you? So trying to like um, get in between the relationship, basically. Yes. Which is fair, but also, again, should have done this before yes. she just saw two people get brutally uh, killed. Right, yeah. Th- things. The, the waters are muddy now. Like there's, yeah. oh, there's too much going on. <laughs> Exactly. So Christian goes checking to Danny later, and she's like, are you not fucked up by this? And he's like, well, you know, it's cultural. I want to keep it open mind. I want to do my thesis on it. I bet how we put our elderly in nursing homes seems barbaric to them. And this is, I think, what the issue I have with the movie. It's like, no. Like, you have mm-hmm. to give me another compelling reason other than we're going to stay to do our thesis. Like, at least yeah. with Wicker Man, it's like, okay, we're tr- I'm trying to solve a murder or disappearance right. of a child. That, yes. to me, makes sense. That's enough to justify staying because yeah. there's a reason. This is selfish and, like, useless. Yeah, if I'm Danny, I'm like, I'm, I don't care about your thesis. Like, it doesn't matter to me whether you think it's culture or whatever. Interestingly, right. Mark slept through it. And I think the reason that we didn't have Mark at the cliff is because Mark would have been like, this is fucked up, we're leaving. Yeah. Like, Mark has no interest in cultural anthropology of this kind, right. at least, like, whatsoever. So we think if he had been there, he would have It would have been another voice to, to say, yeah. let's go. In the middle of the night, Danny wakes up, and she sees Christian, Mark, and Josh all sneaking out of the barn with all their stuff. And she follows them, and they are driving away in a car without her. And Mark is, like, laughing at her in the back seat. And when she screams in the dream, car exhaust billows out of her mouth. And then she gets this flash of, like, she sees the elderly couple, and then she sees her sister with the hose over her mouth lying next to Danny's parents at the bottom of the cliff. So clearly this is all getting all, you know, jumbled up. mixed up. Meanwhile, we see the redheaded woman puts a rune under Christian's bed, which we know is a part of the love spell. Mm-hmm. And Josh sees it, so he snatches the rune to talk to Pele about it. And the next day, Pele's like, okay, talk to the elders. You can write about the Harga, but so is Christian because he asked me first. You have to anonymize everyone, and you cannot publish the village's location. And that is it. And Josh is like, that's fine. It's completely fine. He shows him the rune, and he says, Pele's like, oh, that's a love rune. And I think it's actually my sister, um, Maya, She's got her pants license last year, which I guess means she's 18. But basically, like, she's interested in Christian. She put that rune there, you know, just so you know. So Christian's, of course, like, well, well, well. Who do we have here? You don't say. Suddenly, a man runs over and it turns out, screaming at Mark, and it turns out Mark peed on a fallen dead tree that is, like, their ancestral tree. And it's this huge offense. So there's, like, a big hubbub. Meanwhile, Connie is sneaking away from the dorm to find Simon because they're both headed to the trade station. Simon yeah. and Connie have like, the right idea, which is like, we get the fuck out of here. Out of here. <laughs> so she so she tells Danny, like, we're packing to leave. Just then, Father Odd shows up and says, hey, Connie, um, Simon just um, went with Jan. They went to the train station. And then Jan's going to come back and pick you up. And Connie's like, why would Simon leave without me? I could have sat on his lap. And 
Father Art's like, no, no, I know. It'll be fine. They'll, they'll be back mm-hmm. in a minute. And Kenny's like, fuck you. And so she runs off sort of down the road to try to just get out of the village. Yeah. And Danny watches her and Father Art just says like, okay, so lunch it a bit. So Connie and Simon mm-hmm. are places Gone. unknown. We don't know okay. where they are where they are going to end up. But they are attempting but to But they're leave. not here anymore. Yeah. Okay. Um, Danny tries to go tell... Christian is like, Simon and Connie were really upset. Like, Simon left without Connie, which seems really weird. Like, I, something is going on reasonably. But because Tristan is so used to blowing her off, he's just too obsessed with talking to the villagers for his thesis now, all of a sudden. And he says to the uh, this villager, Valentine, he's like, so how do you, like, do you, how do you prevent incest, basically? Like, if, if it's just, like, people in the town. And right. Valentine's like, that's a great question. The elders approve mates. But we do respect the incest taboo. So, like, a lot of times we have to get outside people, a.k.a. Christian, you know what okay. I mean, to sort of get in here and, like, mix up the gene pool a little bit. Just add a, a little, little bit. To the bit. Gene pool. Yeah. Yeah. So, which is, I think, why we're so, we're so thinking that that's what Maya's interested in Christian. It's like, oh, great, a non, a, someone who is not directly related to me. Right. Let's get this done, you know. Um, uh, meanwhile, the women invite Danny to help cook, and she's joking with them. They're making meat tarts. And Father Odd goes to show Josh the Ruby uh, Raider, the the book, and we see the, a lot of the pages are smeared, smeared in paint. And then there's empty pages in the back. And he said, okay. this is our holy book. It's always being added to it. Like, where okay. it's, it's always being, you know. And so Josh says, well, who gets to add to it? And he says, well, by Reuben, the profoundly disabled guy that we saw earlier. Oh, good. And Father Odd says that Reuben is unclouded by normal cognition. So it makes him open to the source. He yeah. adds to the book, which is what we saw him painting. And the elders interpret it. And so Josh says, okay, so what happens when Ruben dies? You just wait for a new baby who's quote-unquote unclouded. And Father Odd tells him, oh, no, no. Ruben is the product of inbreeding. We intentionally make profoundly mentally and physically disabled babies (gasps) when we need an oracle. So they've sort of been engineering oracles through inbreeding for years. Again, if I'm Josh, I would be like, it is unethical for me to continue having this conversation. We got to go. Yeah, it is just not okay. Instead, Josh says, can I take a photograph? And Father says, absolutely not. And everyone hears a woman screaming, but nobody really goes to investigate it. We later realize it must be Connie. Something has happened to Connie. We don't see it. It happens off off camera. So at supper, we see Christian has a slightly more red drink, and his Mm -hmm. meat pie has a special leaf underneath. And you better believe you know what's in that meat pie. I mean, pubes. It's going to be pubes. It's like on, like, below deck when they're like, this is the vegan meal, and everybody (laughs) Except it's the opposite because it's pubes and menstrual blood. I haven't seen below deck, but the idea of someone eating just a big bowl of pubes seems right. That yeah, is that's, what feels, I think that's, that's the below deck experience. Yeah. Christian takes a bite of his pie, and of course, he finds his pube, and he takes the drink. He doesn't realize the drink is tainted because it's just a little bit, but it's clearly a different color. It's much pinker. Right. It looks like pink lemonade compared to everyone else's regular lemonade. Also, like, everyone, I assume, is still, like, all dressed in white. Like, everyone yes. looks the same, and everything looks the same. Like, you would just notice something that is slightly off when Absolutely. there's that much uniformity. But I guess we're to think, like, Christian is not a person to notice anything or like he can only focus on the things that he think are, thinks are important. You'd think, and that's, I, again, I don't want to talk shit about this movie because I don't think it's a bad movie, but like it would be nice if Christian was a little more self-aware. Like it would give yeah. something to the character to be like, huh, that's where there's pubes in my drink and why is my drink a different color than everyone else's? Well, none of my business. Not paying attention. Um, so while they're there, Inga, who is the woman who Mark was admiring earlier and said he wanted to give her a bath, she was like, oh, come with me. I'll show you. And he's like, oh, I got to go with her. She's going to show me something, and I'm excited to see it. Oh. Good luck to you, Mark. 
no one even looks up. Like, Josh is looking at his notes, um, like, on his thesis. Like, nobody even acknowledges that Mark leaves. Is that, part, is, is any part of, like, the message or, like, point of this movie about self-involvement? Or is this just kind of like these characters are poorly drawn and not paying attention? <laughs> I think the what they're trying to say is that, like, this kind of environment, which is a cult, like, it absolutely is a cult, whether or not they would acknowledge that about their own village, is that it leverages things about you that you are not necessarily aware of. So, like, for Danny, it's leveraging her trauma mm-hmm. and her mm-hmm. desire okay. to be in a group and to be, like, Paley's so nice to her. And it is really compelling when he, when he talks to her. Like, she is obviously, yeah. like, she just needs a kindness. It was Christian's, like, they're leveraging the fact that, like, he is so myopic and so self-obsessed that he isn't going to notice this stuff. And they're able to sort of read that about him. Mm-hmm. So I think it's, I took, take the, and I, there's a lot of different ways to take the movie, but I think it's about the idea of what, how someone could be join a cult without realizing it. And it's because all of us mm-hmm. have, things about ourselves that we either can't or don't acknowledge. And that makes us susceptible. And if the cult is able to prey on those and sort of give you the things that you want, like give you this incredible archaeological find, like, yeah, we'll give you permission to look at our stuff. You know, it's like, why would they do that unless they're Mm -hmm. trying to like keep you there and like get get something out of you? It's like, Mm -hmm. why would you tell this woman you just met like that she deserves to have a family it's like because you want to give her that family and you want her to maybe join your family so that's what I take it as it's like they are exploiting these vulnerabilities that everybody has now do I think some of the guys especially like their little one note yeah and I think that's why when they say like oh it's more of a dark comedy I think like if you're in Sweden, you're laughing your ass off that these Americans are fucking just like eating cubes and not even acknowledging it you know I could I could see that now yeah like like I'm like we're still not going to get it, but like I could see that. Intention. Yes, that's what I. That's what I. This is again. This is just my opinion, but that's what I think is going on. Because yes, mm-hmm. in reality, every single one of us, us included, and the listeners, we'd be running through those woods to get out of there. Like there's yeah. no question that this is a cult. Mm-mm. But I guess in the You're same way out. with like Rosemary's Baby, where it's like you know something is wrong, but because you have these other things going on, and it makes you like distrust your own um, opinion, or it makes you myopic, and you don't notice these red flags you become susceptible to this larger influence. Yes. Um, and boy, are they. So Mark is led away by this um, young woman. And that night, he's still out. They assume he's like hooking up with this woman, Inga. And mm-hmm. um, Danny asks Josh for a sleeping pill. However, so she knocks out and then Josh creeps out and he breaks into like the religious house to look at the Ruby Rod or the holy book and to okay. take some photos, which Father Odd said, you you can write stuff no. down, but you cannot do photos. Unfortunately, he is surprised by Mark. Just kidding. It is, in fact, somebody else wearing Mark's skin. So, again, that's a feature wrap on Mark. He has been completely skinned. We've alluded to a game called Skin the Fool earlier, which they don't define, Must but I'm assuming that's he's the fool. Be that. Fool. Oh. And suddenly, Josh is hit in the head from behind, and his body is dragged away. In the morning, both Mark and Josh are missing, and Father Odd announces that breakfast, at breakfast that the Ninth, the 19th book of the Ruby Router has been taken from the temple. Somebody has stolen the book, so of course, we immediately assume, oh, it must be Josh. Yes. And he says, nobody wants to point any figures, but where are Josh and Mark? Because they're both gone. And Christian, because he's so desperate to like get the hard guard, like to buy in on his thesis, and he's, again, an asshole, is like, I would never, we don't know anything about this, and I don't think Mark would do this, but Josh is the type to do something like this. Like, immediately throws, like, this is classic Josh, throws him under I mean, the bus. Academic competition is ruthless. Yeah. 
And the elders say, okay, we're going to find them. Odd and Pele are going to look for Josh and Mark. Danny, you're going to join the women because it's like sort of the last day of the festival. You're going to join them for the women's activities. And Christian, would you go see Siv in her house? And Allison, the question to you then is, who will survive? Who will survive? I, I, this is more what I hope. I hope that the, the, the American men all die um, and that Danny lives. Okay. That is my guess because that's like what I want for her since they're mm-hmm. all kind of terrible. Well, I got good news coming out for you. Oh, great. Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. Whether you're making the same breakfast that you have every day or baking a cake for an extra special day, eggs are a staple in our diets. Eggland's best eggs are nutritionally superior to ordinary eggs containing more vitamins and 25% less saturated fat. Not only are they better for you, but Eggland's best eggs taste better too. There's a reason that they're America's number one eggs. Visit egglandsbest.com for additional information and delicious recipes. So Danny joins the women and they all have a glass of flower punch, which is a hallucinogenic tea. And, they, and she said, what's this for? And she go, they go, for the competition. Oh, no. And they all, all the women, Danny's now in white, and she also has a flower headdress like the other women. They hold hands in a spiral around that um, cross-like structure. Like maypole thing, yeah. And as she, the, the tea starts to take hold, she sees her feet are becoming grass. She's becoming part of nature. And she starts to freak out because, you know, again, yes, that's a lot. Yes, because that's super fucking scary. And an elder named Irma explains in Swedish uh, the sort of why they dance. It says, It was here long, long ago that the black one lured the youths of Harga to the grass and seduced them to dance. Once they began, they could not stop, and they danced themselves to death. Now, in life-holding defiance of the black one, we dance until we fall, and she who survives will be crowned for her stamina. Mm. And then they dance, and they're dancing in a circle, like all around the pole, over and over again. And every time the elder screams, Stop, they stop, but if you fall down, if you're sort of jolted, you fall down. And also, everyone's tripping. Then you're out. Right. So oh, then yeah. they are just... Not the, not the most stable of dance moves. Yeah. You're hallucinating. Exactly. But everyone's like laughing and having fun. Even the people who fall down first are like having a great time, you know, like okay. falling all over. Meanwhile, Christian goes into Siv's house. There's this very cool little like tiny house that has like these... um. White, like, white, white background with dark blue sort of, like, ornate illustrations that are, like, mm-hmm. very occult and, like, but, like, still Swedish. Pretty, yeah. It looks very cool. And he sits with Siv, and he immediately assumes it's about the Josh and the Ruby Rodder being stolen. He's like, Josh socks, you know, he throws them under the bus. <laughs> and Siv says, well, how do you feel about Maya? And Christian's like, oh, um, she seems great. Um, and Siv informs him that you have been approved to mate with Maya. And he says, oh, yeah, I think I ate one of her pubic hairs. And Siv says, sounds probably right, which I thought was fun. So he knew? He he is putting it together, finally. I see. Okay. And then you see him leave Does the house. Does he seem upset about that? Unfazed, Allison. Okay. Unfazed. And this, of course, will be his downfall. If you're okay with eating pubes, you will not escape a horror movie. I'm sorry. No. And I'm no, not talking no, no. about getting a pube in your mouth. It's happened to the best of us. No. I'm saying consuming as part it, of consuming. a meal. <laughs> and and un- unknowingly at the time. Yes. 
If that's not a red flag to you, baby, I don't know what is. You're going to be spending a lot of time, the rest of your life in Sweden for the, for the most part. Um, and so Christian, he leaves the house. We don't see him. Like, does he agree to it or whatever? And Christian joins the villagers who are all watching the women dance. And he takes a glass of the hallucinogenic tea. And he said, what is this for again? And the woman tells him, it's supposed to break down your defenses and open you up to the influence. Which to me is not a reason to drink it, but would be no, a reason not to drink it. Not to drink it. And he's reluctant, but then he sees Maya like looking at him and he says, fuck it. And the women dance in a circle. They hold hands until there's one woman left standing, and it's Danny, and she's crowned the May Queen. And everyone's cheering for her, and they take a photo of her with the village, and they give her, like, a big flower headdress and, like, epaulets. And she's freaking out, like, she's still tripping. And as the villagers all rush over to her to, like, congratulate her, she sees her mother also in the tunic. Oh, no. Walk by and touch her shoulder. But then she, but she turns to her, and she's already gone. So she's, like, hallucinating her family. Okay. And Danny's totally out of it to the point where Paley grabs Danny's face and kisses her. And so Danny's like, wait, what's going on now? And they have her step on a platform. They carry her singing to the village. And in the foliage behind her, we see sort of the ghostly image of her sister's face with the carbon monoxide hose taped to her mouth. Oh, God. In the trees. Again, she's hallucinating. We're seeing it. Is she seeing it? You know? Okay. And they all get to the, again, a big long table. This table budget on this film must have been out I of mean, control. Tables. Gorgeous tables. I mean, love that. Love a tablescape. And so she stands at the head of the table. Now she's sort of in charge. So like when she sits, everyone okay. sits. When she picks up her silverware, everyone picks up their everyone. silverware. And they're all cheering her and they go, try to make her eat a herring whole, which she fails to Ugh. do, but they all celebrate anyways. And they tell her, you're part of the family, yes? Meanwhile, Christian's having a really bad trip. And he asks the man next to him, like, what's going on? The guy claps in Christian's face, which sort of causes the air to ripple and sort of like a wave to hit Christian's face because yes. he's tripping. And he's like, that's not cool. Mm -mm. And he's perturbed, but he is not so perturbed that he doesn't sneak away with Maya to the mating shack, or the oh, mating house. God. And Danny can't really do anything about it because she's being taken away in a carriage drawn by some of the women to go bless the crops and the livestock. And they do a ritual where they put like a bunch of meat in a hole and grain in a hole and egg in a hole. And then Danny has to walk on it with a torch in a circle. You know, okay. pagan stuff. Standard cult activities. Yeah. Um, and so, meanwhile, Christian, who's still stripping balls, goes, puts on a, a mating frock and goes to the mating house. And he, mm. the, the elder men have him inhale a steam for his vitality. Yeah. And I guess it's to counteract how absolutely stoned he is. So he goes in, and Maya is waiting, totally nude, on a bed of flowers. However, she is surrounded by a semicircle of other women from the village, also completely nude. They're all like adult women, but like of all ages, sort of holding hands, watching them have sex. And so they have sex. And Maya doesn't look like she's loving it because I'm assuming it's her first time. So she reaches back to the fellow townswomen and they all take her hand and one of them sings right next to Christian's face. And then the singer starts vocalizing like sex noises and then Maya and the other women start to echo it. Meanwhile, Christian is still going for it. Also, I, poor, that's insane. Like so I don't that's, know. I just don't ugh. know. He Man. looks he looks horrified. But this thing is it's not like he's into it. He also is shocked and like stunned. But Just he's like still going. going through the motions almost. Or? So I think at this point, like I guess he says like two he's drugged. So I think this is right. I do feel while Christian is an asshole, he, he is being repeatedly drugged and forced mm -hmm. into this on some level. Mm -hmm. Yes, did he choose to do this? Sure. But I, I just feel like once, once they're giving you vitality, steam, and and hallucinogenic juice, I, what do you mean? Things start to... Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot at play. And unfortunately, that is also a big cult thing. Like, a lot of cults, mm -hmm. like, sort of yeah. ply you with drugs and sort of make yeah. you more vulnerable. Drinking, and yeah. 
Yeah, so I think that's also what we're supposed to say. Also, poor Ruben has to watch. He's laying in a corner, a cot in the corner, and he has to watch all this go down. Oh God. I know. Ruben's probably my favorite character, and I just feel so bad for him. Yeah. So when Danny arrives back in town, he could hear all the women moaning from the mating house, and he ru- runs over there before the other one can stop her, and she sees Christian, and she runs back inside and she vomits, and the women all take her to the dorm barn, and when she screams, all of the women scream with her. Like, they're hey. echoing back her pain. And back in the mating shed, Chris doesn't know that Danny saw him, so he's still going for it. And an el- a nude elderly woman comes and starts, like, pushing Christian's butt, I guess, to, like, make it go faster. <laughs> but as soon as he's finished, he realizes he goofed up, and yeah. he runs nude out of the mating house. And he immediately discovers Josh's severed leg just sticking upright in a garden. No. And terrified, he runs into a nearby chicken coop, and inside he finds si- Simon has been flayed open. Oh. And his lungs have been pulled back through his back, but he's still alive. And he's suspended from the ceiling, but his legs are, uh, lungs are still inflating. This isn't real. You would die. Right. Yeah, Obviously. I guess. Okay, so this is, he's hallucinating this. Yes, I think that the Simon okay. has really been flayed and killed, but the fact that he's breathing. But he's not still alive. I don't think so. I don't I, think you could be. Well, so I looked it up, and on Wikipedia, it's called a blood eagle. And it's a ritual method of execution detailed in late skaldic poetry. Okay. And I guess it's supposed to be like a, um, you know, old Norse punishment where, uh, let's see, the victims in both cases, it's mentioned in the sagas twice. In both cases, uh, members of royal families were killed with the blood eagle. They're placed in a prone position, their ribs severed from the spine with a sharp tool, and their lungs pulled through the opening to create a pair of wings. There is continuing debate about whether the rite was a literary invention, a mistranslation of the original text, or an authentic historic practice, much like we were saying about the at a supper, at Testepa, yeah, right, and the Wicker or, Man. Where yes. did this actually happen, or was this something like? And then this happened, and, Con- and yeah, could- conjured up by the brains of of people that were living back then, in the same way that we make up exactly. these movies now. And uh, but in this movie, unfortunately, it is very real. Mm. And before Christian could escape, because now Christian's like, okay, now I see what's going on here. The elders arrive and they blow a powder in his face to paralyze him, and he hits the floor. When he wakes up. They have so many, like, powders and potions. Powders and potions and teas and... When he wakes up, Christian is still paralyzed, and an elder is explaining everyone that... As an offering to our Father, we will today surrender nine human lives. So we have um, the four foreigners who have already been killed. So Mark, Josh, Connie, and Simon. And then we have the two elderly people. Mm -hmm. And then... um, they're two volunteers from the um, town, including Ingmar, Pele's brother. Oh. He volunteered, and another young man also that we saw earlier also volunteers. And so they need one more, and the May Queen has to pick. It's either Christian, or they use like a bingo machine to pull somebody's name out, <laughs> or some other random guy. Random named, person. Yeah, yeah, like Torbjorn or whatever. And she, of course, <laughs> picks Christian, because she is just... I guess it's like... The, all of this, like, bitterness towards him is coming out, and the um, cult is almost sort of, like, rationalizing why it's okay for him to die. Yeah. That's what I took it as. Yeah, because, that seems like like the most yeah. likely explanation. Um, I just want to say that the, the, the deity that they mention referring to, or, like, or the person they're sort of, like, offering this up to his name, Ymir, Y-M-I-R, mm-hmm. in Norse mythology— is an ancestor of all Jotnar. Why did I think that I could? What? 
And all Jonar, okay, those are um, all a bunch of like non-human entities, like dwarves and elves. I believe the creature in um, the ritual was a Jonar. Oh, yes. That's, yes. So I think it's like a primeval, like, er... Uh, being that's a hermaphrodite. So Ymir is both okay. male and female. Yes. They can give, gives birth to male and female entities from his armpits. Oh, okay. so I that think, sounds honestly better than the system we've got now. So, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, that's pretty cool. And they, apparently he drinks from it, or he, he, they drink from a primeval cow, you know, so okay. it, it, there's a lot going on. He's got a lot of, yeah. they got a lot of brothers, of stuff. you know. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so I guess that's who we're offering um, this offering up to. The sacrifice to. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so, of course, Danny picks Christian. And all of them are then um, brought to the sacred yellow temple. So we see uh, Connie's body go in. We see Mark's hollowed out skin with a jester's cap on because he was the fool they skinned. Yes. And then Josh and Simon and the cliff jumpers' bodies. And then finally, we see them butcher the bear. And they okay. put a still paralyzed Christian inside of its skin before <gasps> putting him in the temple. So he's alive and paralyzed. And then we see the two um, volunteers, Ingmar and Ulf, and they are given something from the yew tree. And basically they're like given it, it's like you won't feel pain and you won't feel fear when you're being killed, basically. I hope that exists. And an elder tells Christian and the two guys and, and all the bodies, you know, with you we purge our most unholy affects. We banish you to the deepest recesses that you might reflect on your wickedness. And they set the temple on fire. And unfortunately, despite taking that yew tree potion, even the village volunteers scream as they are burned alive. Of course. Christian can't because even nothing scream. is going to right. overcome the fear and pain of burning alive. Yeah. And the rest of the, fan, the, rest of the village is outside, and they scream, and they writhe, and they jerk around in sympathy with them being burned alive. And Danny was wailing, and she's wearing like a gigantic floral frock. It looks like yes. it's like a flower bell. It's the size of her body, and has like huge flower crown. And she could barely move in, it, and she's choking on the smoke and screaming. But finally, as she watches the melee, as she watches the temple completely burn down to nothing, something happens to Danny. And as she looks over the fire, she smiles, and that's the end. So, like, it worked. I well, that's a great question because. What what I guess what was it supposed to do? And if the answer, I guess it's like, was this supposed to get her to join the cult? Because if so, then it worked. Right. Is that yeah, what you I guess meant? is she just a part? Are we to believe that like moving forward, she's there and a part of it? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Okay. And I think it's because it was like, okay, so this is my I I my family died and they have taken this advantage my of my now. vulnerability. This is my family. So what are some fatal mistakes, you think? You could even think of one from this movie that people made. Fatal mistakes. I, I would say going to Sweden for this mm -hmm. at all. Um, inviting Danny, Danny going, all of them trying to uh, take advantage of this cultural event for their own academic pursuits selfishly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it's. I would say this movie, um, unlike others, where it feels that there there was nothing people could have done, and 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 fate is in control of their narratives. Uh, there were a lot of mistakes all the way yes, through this. I agree. People were biffing ideas non left and right. Stop. I mean, like I'm someone where like if I'm in a bad mood, I'll leave a party. You know, yeah. if I if I saw two elderly people murdered, essentially, if, I'm leaving. 
I'm, I'm out of there. If I see an old man's head gets crushed by a mallet, I'm not sticking around for lunch. No. Honestly, if I'm, like, depressed and recovering from something, I'm not getting on a transatlantic flight. Oh, exactly. Like, right, I gotta sit there? To oh, go be in a place that's, like, up. uncomfortable. Like, I'm like, okay, am I going to a luxury resort where I can, like, mentally check out for a few days? And for sure. nine days. I don't want to do nine. anything for nine days. I don't want to do anything for nine days. Um, and then my, I had a segment that uh, I think sort of ties in this conversation is, the segment title is, what would a cult have to offer you? And to me, it's like, okay, okay. they offered Danny family. They offered Josh and Christian, like, a way to be like, oh, I'm, I'm discovering something. Success. Yeah. What would a cult have to offer you for you to put up with even a tenth of this bullshit? I, I mean, I, uh, there is nothing that they could, but like, I just do think the promise of a quick and painless death is one that I am always uh, hoping for. <laughs> okay, interesting like, choice down the road. <laughs> okay, like, yeah. If there could be a promise of like, hey, when it's your time to die, like we will make sure that you are comfortable and it happens very quickly and there is nothing, yeah. there is not long suffering. That is like my, one of my greatest fears in life is, is long suffering right. at death. Uh, but something more immediate, a lot of money. <laughs> I know, that's what I'm thinking too. And I'm like, I don't really, it's not that I don't want community. I don't want this kind of community. No. You know what I mean? But also like, what would money even accomplish in that, like if, if, it, if it is to stay in this environment, like right, you money have the nicest seems frock, meaningless. You have the biggest hut. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah, you drink the, the least menstrual blood. <laughs> like, um, <laughs> You only have to drink your own menstrual blood. Okay, and here's another thing okay. as we discuss this. If that's her menstrual blood, her likelihood of getting pregnant if that if she's yeah, growing she's up period, period is not high. So then the or, question is, is that weeks old menstrual blood that she I was, was gonna say, hiding, is it saved up from previous It must be because you don't see Oy. her like you don't see her like take it out or you mean like you don't see right. her like collecting it. So that means that that period must be at least a number of weeks old so that now right, she's ovulating. She, Right, you would be. You would be think the that they would understand the fertility cycle to know like, oh, this is when if we want, if she wants to get pregnant, like we, it has to be timed out in a certain. Like they seem to have pre-thought everything else. I'm sure that that's part of it. Yeah. Yuck. I guess like what the cult offers is you never have to question your life ever again. I guess. Yeah. Or like meaning. Yeah, that's true. But I just don't feel like I'm that kind of person. Like I just think like, even for, if I found something like me. this is the meaning, I think it's like I still would have a lot of doubts or like consider it. The I, I the idea of like being offered like a blissful peaceful mindset I understand is like the why people like a cult but I just I it's, it's not for me you know well I couldn't be blissed out and peaceful uh if I'm not in like a comfortable apartment that has wi-fi yeah I need and air, air fish, central I need air wifi, and television <laughs> yeah I guess they were watching Austin Powers so they That's do have, true. they have DVDs Something. at least yeah I'm sorry and if I see one pube intentionally put into food there's nothing that nope. cult could offer me I'm out I'm, I'm out. out and then finally um we always like to have Allison and uh, also me rate our movies on the spooky scale. Allison, where do you think Midsummer falls on the spooky scale? The spooky scale. I would say that, like, similar to Hereditary, this did have, like, a sense of, like, just kind of, like, ongoing, like, an unsettling Mm -hmm. feeling, which I always find very, where, like, they're kind of, even though there's not always a lot of stuff happening, like, you're never not, like, her trauma colors the entire yeah. like you're I, I would I'm 
hearing about it, never not thinking of that. And that's yeah. super upsetting. So, like, I'd give this a, a six. Yeah. I'm going to give this a four. Um, I just feel like, again, I don't, I don't want to be like I'm so down on this movie. But I just feel like, and we've discussed this before, like, if I can't see myself understanding, like, what's going on, or I'm like, at least like hereditary, I'm like, okay, yeah, grief. I feel like it did a good job yes. making me like, I guess I can understand how you get there. This, from from the jump, no. I'm like, leave, leave. And then we see characters leave, and granted, they're punished and killed, and of Simon and um, Connie never get to leave. But it just felt like, you know, like you wanted them to be a little more self-aware, a little smarter, a little like, okay, mm-hmm. something's mm-hmm. going on. And as a result, it just wasn't as scary to me, personally. Right. Personally. Well, we did it. We did, we did it. Midsummer. Well, uh, we hope you enjoyed it, everyone. Yes. Um, praise be to Yamir, or however you pronounce that uh, <laughs> deity's name. And yeah, uh, as always, you can send us movie suggestions uh, at ruinedattheradiopoint.com. We mm-hmm. love to hear from you. Love to. And um, you can follow us on social media at, at Ruin Podcast or uh, follow us individually at our names. Yes. And, um, um, and rate, review, and subscribe. Uh, oh, yes, please do. Those things mean a lot to us. Uh, you know, it's a lot easier than, you know, sac- human sacrifices, which I think is the alternative for how to find success in podcasting. So yes. uh, please do those things. And uh, more than anything else, I guess, what we really need you to do is uh, keep, keep it spooky. spooky. Ruined is a Radio Point production with executive producers Alex Bach, Sabrina Fonfetter, and Houston Snyder. Recorded and edited by Kat Iosa. Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30.